So I remember I'm in this mansion. I get evicted. My mortgage is $14,000 a month. Hmm. Okay. And this is when um, you don't make the right decisions. You don't necessarily listen to yourself. So, you know. So here I am. And the house was uh, 15,000 square feet. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Everything is sitting out on the lawn. Okay. Everything is sitting out on the lawn. And my girlfriend came up and she said, why are you not upset? She said, why are you laughing? I was like, because it's moving day. It's moving day. In other words, it was a relief for you. It was a relief for me, but more importantly, the eviction people took all the furniture out of the house for me so they could put it on the truck. You get it? <laughs> so for me, it was all in the way I looked at it. Right, right? perception. It's a great day to change lives, man. We are back, the Instincts Podcast. When I tell you we are turning tribulations into celebrations, I got a special guest. With us today, Miss Sonya Ann Williams. For those who don't know, now she's not going to tell you because she's real humble. I call her the EGOT of marketing. And what does that mean? Well, all you guys know, an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. It don't mean she got one of them, but it means she is definitely worthy in this industry. Sonya, what's up? What's up? What's going on? I'm Thank you for having me here. Look at this. This is hot. Hey, man, just a little something. You know, we call I, it the podcast. I got to bring, I, I got to come up. <laughs> Please. Please. Well, out there where you live, they, you know, y'all have soirees. Is that a hoax? Okay. <laughs> I heard that before. <laughs> so let's get right into it, man. We're going to have some fun, but we always start off with a serious question. Okay, what's a serious question? Everybody sees us today. Uh, no, everybody sees you today. Out with the big house, out with the nice cars, and they don't understand that we've all had something or a few things or a lot of things that have challenged us. Arguably, what's the most challenging thing in life you've had to overcome? And then more importantly, how did you overcome it in a nutshell? Actually, I think one of the probably the most impactful things that happened to me was realizing I wasn't uh, in control of my own destiny. Okay. Right? And what that really looks like to me, I was actually a, for- a forklift driver. I Shut was, up. Yes, man. Listen, Same. I was a forklift driver, right, within a chemical plant. I never knew that. And this is how I got into technology, right? So okay. you, uh, so, you know, hey, listen, for those out there who I used to date online, I used I would say I was in logistics, but I was actually a forklift driver. Logistics—that was the profile. I know, I'm the logistics operator, right? <laughs> I remove big 55-gallon cans from one spot to the next. Logistics. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, it, it, you didn't lie. But it really um, opened up a whole new ball game for me because when you're doing something like that, you always can figure out. How can you make this better? How could I get to that spot a little bit quicker? That actually led into developing technology. Got you. Got you. So it was uh, pretty interesting. So what was the challenge? So the challenge was is that once I realized I was smart, right? You know how I'm on my Fort Love driver. I realized that there was a challenge that I could solve within this warehouse and I wanted to solve it. Now, Remember? unfortunately, I was what they call a seasonal employee. Okay, got it. Right? So I had this solution. I knew the solution was going to work. I went to my boss and was like, look, I need to be promoted to one of these executives up here. And he was like, well, first you need to go get your GED. 
Because you didn't finish school? I didn't finish school. This I was like, what do you mean? Nice story. Like, Go ahead. Like, what do you mean? I didn't. A GED, I have the solution. Well, you know. So you're not going to listen to me because I'm not, I don't have a GED. Okay. Now, what was interesting, he literally made me go get a GED so that he would listen to me. Oh, wow. So I went to the community college, got the GED, came back and was like, okay, now I am ready to be an executive. (laughs) Imagine, this is a billion dollar corporation. I want to be an executive at this billion dollar corporation. Okay. And he said, I tell you what, he didn't necessarily... He didn't tell me no until later, but because he wanted to figure out what my idea was first. Mm. Right. Mm. And based upon my idea, they really um, re-engineered the warehouse so that I could implement the technology that I was looking for. Mm. Right. And um, and I I remember I went to him and he was like, "Um, well, first of all, the only way you're going to become an executive is that you create the company yourself. Now, you can't tell somebody like me that. Right. Right. Because I took that literally. Okay. Right. So but prior to that, um, he challenged me. So I was like, okay. He said, well, if I do your idea, are you willing to put your job on? I was like, well, let me see. Seven dollars an hour. Yeah, I could I could do that. <laughs> okay. Right? You know, <laughs> so the, so in one sentence, the most challenging thing was not having finished high school, getting a GED and then starting your own company. Um, I don't know if that was the most challenging. No, the most challenging thing is realizing you made a million dollars and couldn't duplicate it. Okay. I'm sorry. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of that to unpack. Okay. But I think once you're passionate about something and you really put your all into it, money is almost a byproduct of that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. For me, money was a byproduct because I love bringing visions to life. So like I had a vision for this plant. He allowed me to implement this vision, and from that, the plant literally operated 30% more than what they were. And you started off as a forklift driver. And I started off as a forklift driver. Wow. So it really helps for people to listen to people that's on the ground. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And from that one idea, it took me into, it did take me into logistics because they was like, hey, you want to go on to a, a project called SAP? I was like, SAP? Am I going to get paid more? And he was like, well, yeah, I'll give you more. Right? So I went from $7 to $20. Okay. That was a lot more to me. Okay. Right? Yeah. So I ended up getting on an SAP um, Go Live project, learn more about SAP is one of the most interesting technologies in warehousing and logistics now, right? Um, we were able to launch it. He got the gold medal. I'm sure he got a, a prize for being able to increase his production a lot more. Okay. Right? But it was based on my ideas. And they, to my understanding, that idea is still implemented in that warehouse today. That was 20 years ago. So... Oh, yeah. You know, you know what's funny? I never knew you did forklifts, drove oh, forklifts. Mm-hmm. That's, I cannot see you with your prissy self behind the forklift doing your thing, but I oh, love yeah. the imagery. Oh, yeah. Hard hat, the, the boots, everything. So how does someone, and now that I know all the money you've made, all the money you continue to make, how do I know, I mean, what would make somebody like yourself stop school? Were you bored? No, I think I had enough. Just uh, you, Unfortunately, I, I did. I had this teacher to tell me that you were never going to be nothing. I was like, well, that was in the 10th grade. I was like, well, I know how to read. I know how to math. Are y'all teaching anything else? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm sorry. And this wasn't, this is not for everybody, right, but that's right, just right. the way I thought, right? Thought, yeah. I knew that I would end up in technology. They weren't teaching anything about technology at that time. And I was in, you know, I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. And at the time, AOL had came to Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, the company, right? the company the, the, uh, Right. AOL was in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. You know, at the time. And so... I knew that I, they was not going to teach me anything more 
that is not where I was going to become my full self. So what you're basically saying is conventional, traditional education gets boring to a creative mind like yours. So you said they can't show me anything else. What was the pivotal point after that that you knew what you wanted to do? Or did well, I think, first of all, you kind of kind of sometimes understand I have attention deficit. Hmm. So with attention deficit, you know, you can only learn so much in a certain way. Right. Gotcha. And so for us, we learn by doing. Hmm. We learn from a sensory standpoint. Hmm. So we can see things other people can't see. Right. I can see logistics. I can see how to make this warehouse operate more better. You know, I can I can I can tell it to you logistically mm. and I can say logically this is the way it's supposed to be. OK. And then you're going to get some smart ass going to come to me and be like, well, how do you write it up? I don't know. That's your job. Right. Right. But I just sure know you. that it works. Mm. Right. And it does for the most part. So your ADD has actually served you well. Oh, ADD have served a whole lot of people well. Bill Gates, Steve <laughs> 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 Jobs. <laughs> a lot of geniuses have it. A, a, a lot of um, smart people have it. Right, I got you. So walk me through. You drop out of school. You start realizing what your gifts are. When did you realize you were walking in your purpose? Oh, gosh, you want to go. Okay, so sometimes we got to listen to ourselves, right? And I don't necessarily tell this story to everybody, but, you know, some people believe it, some people don't. It's up to you. Well, you know, I had somewhat of a tap on the shoulder that says, hey, if you listen to me, I'm always going to upgrade you. I'm like, what do you mean? This was kind of like me being sleep, too. So I had a habit. I love going to sleep. I learned so many things in my sleep. And I would wake up. And, you know, if you're like me, I would try to control the things I would do in my sleep. Hmm. A whole inception thing, right? So when the movie came out, I freaked out, right? Okay. <laughs> no, but... I started listening to things, and, I'm, and this is what I'm saying. You know how you're driving and something tells you to go left? Yes. But you go right? You didn't listen. And you didn't listen? Mm -hmm. I decided to say to myself, what if I did that for every time myself told me to do something? Mm, you did that. So you, in other words, you start listening to yourself and doing what yourself to told you to do? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it has always led me on the right path. Mm. It is when I didn't listen, it always went down the wrong path. Give me an example, because it's about turning tribulations into celebrations when you didn't listen and wish you had. You know, all this money you make in Sanya, you don't need a mansion. Mm. But, mm. you know, yes, I yeah. do. I would like to have a mansion. <laughs> gotcha. I understand. I right? Understand. Yeah. And so that turned into, damn, all my shit is outside. Is that called bankruptcy? Really? Oh, absolutely. And you know what's funny? People who make money like we do, we're not afraid to share that. I wish more people, talk to people out there who are embarrassed about. What, bankruptcy? Not Bankruptcy, divorce, um, the things that we get labeled as if you have that on your resume, you were a failure. Talk to the people about being vulnerable and transparent and rebounding. You oh, lost, okay. You, you filed bankruptcy, your stuff on the streets. How did you pick yourself back up from that? So, <laughs> so this is a story that I, that I don't mind sharing. So I remember I'm in this mansion. I get evicted. My mortgage is $14,000 a month. Hmm. Okay. And this is when... Um, you don't make the right decisions. You don't necessarily listen to yourself. So, you know, so here I am and the house was, uh, 15,000 square feet. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Everything is sitting out on the lawn. Okay. Everything is sitting out on the lawn. And my girlfriend came up and she said, why are you not upset? She said, why are you laughing? I was like, because it's moving day. 
It's moving day. In other words, it was a relief for you. It was a relief for me, but more importantly, the eviction people took all the furniture out of the house for me so they could put it on the truck. You get it? <laughs> so for me, it was all in the way I looked at it. Right, right? perception. And then I did not have to pay $14,000. A month. A month. Mm. I was paying $14,000 a month. Imagine what you could do with $14,000 a month. If you don't have that, I got you. So got you go you. from a $5 million house to a $1 million house, and I get to keep the rest. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes what looks like the ultimate tragedy to other people it's more of a blessing. It was a blessing to me. Got you. Right? It was a blessing to me because it reset everything that I needed to do so, to make things right. So before you get the mansion, before you, let's walk backwards a little bit. Okay. What was your first creative exercise, experiment, project, hire? What was your first creative um, project where you said, I can do this full time and get to a point where I can own my own ma- own a mansion? Do you remember the first, when you, everybody has a a tipping point where they turn the corner and say, this is what I'm doing, and now I've proven myself. Was it a big contract? Was it an endorsement? Was it a client? What was it? Gosh, you know what? Um, People come to me, at the time when the internet was coming about and people were now getting a little bit more comfortable with the web and all of that, um, it wasn't about getting paid for me. It was so exciting to see somebody come to me and ask me to launch their dream. Hmm. So to see their website up online was a big thing for them. Mm. And I remember, um, so the money, <laughs> listen, the money was an afterthought for me. Gotcha. You know, I had a business partner who had to actually come in and collect the money because I had so much fun launching dreams. I remember and I would, and I would, And I would forget to actually collect the money. Yes, yes. Right? I would forget to collect the money because I'm so busy enthralled in developing this dream. So I didn't build websites. I built businesses and dreams. Mm. It was never about... The site was a tool. The site was just a tool. Mm. So when you came to me, I talked about your business. I talked about how you're going to get to the next level. Mm. And then what that then translated into when it came to the website. Mm. So that's why it always tripped me out when people say, well, my cousin did my website. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When I first met you, people don't know. Let me just say this real quick. so funny. She hits me up. Don't know who she is from from Eve. Don't know anything about Sonya Ann Williams. She goes, I like your stuff. It's just janky. (laughs) I like your stuff. It's just janky. Not my site, not my logo, not none of that. Just my video, my production. Were you offended? Were you offended? No, I wasn't offended. Okay, because you got thick skin. Some people can't handle it. I got thick skin. The reason it was janky was because what you didn't know, I was the one pushing the camera. I was the one trying to set it up. I was the one, I was in charge of wardrobe. I was writing the speech. I was the one behind the camera. I was the one who had to start it every every 12 minutes, start it over. So I was like, she's right. You did everything. I need. I did everything. But what I learned, this was years ago. Mm-hmm. What I learned was, I got enough to get the attention mm-hmm. of somebody who could help me make it look better. You know what I mean? And you and had more there. To. It was more there to you than just what you were doing. Yes. Right? Yes. So, and then the other thing, you had a different mindset, too. You didn't mind paying for it. No, I didn't. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You was like, I ain't got a lot. However, I am willing to pay for what we need to pay for. Correct. Whereas other people would come and be like, uh, can we buy the bottle what? No, absolutely not. I'm paying. Pay for your service. You don't go in Best Buy and ask them for that. To barter. Yeah. To barter. Yeah. Right? And so... 
that was your whole thing. And I, I really admired that because, you know, someone would walk in and see a black person sitting there and first thing they want is a discount. Yeah, absolutely. I am so known for charging the most. Yeah. And, and, and you, and but you're going to get. And you deserve it, yeah. But you're going to get above value for whatever it is you think you're paying for. And I want to share that. I, the reason I share that story with, with the entrepreneurs is because I was doing enough to get noticed. In other words, when you do what you're supposed to do and you keep the momentum going and you stay consistent, the right person will come into your life that can help you do the rest because they realize that you have the work ethic. But you got to be willing to pay. She gave me a sizable tab. I stroked the check and said, let's go. So my, 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 my bank account was not a reflection of my uh, production. I don't know if you knew that, but I was able to stroke that check. And since then, We've been doing business for decades, but and you got to start. I, you got to you got to start, start fair. Start, start. You got to start the right way, mm-hmm. right? If you go into a relationship, a partnership, wopsided, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and only one person is eating, that's a problem. I mean, yeah, that it that that, that, that it won't last long. And then the other people, the other thing I always tell entrepreneurs, like, don't do business with desperate people. Mm. I mean, I'm you sorry. Think you got to take everything. Everybody. Well, no, no, because desperate people don't. Nec- if you're in a really desperate situation. I mean, I get it. We all go through things. We all go through things. I, you know, went through things. But if you're in a desperate situation, you don't necessarily think as clearly as you would if you were in a desperate situation Mm. going into a partnership. Mm. Right. I had a partnership that, oh, my God, we could have made. I mean, I was so invested into what we were going to do because I saw millions and billions that we could have made. The problem was he was in a desperate situation. So he made a decision that totally ruined the, just ruined the relationship. Based on that. Right. And then he came back to try to apologize, but it just doesn't, it's not the same anymore. Mm. Right? Mm. That one desperate decision, right, tarnished. totally tarnished the entire future for what was possible. Gotcha. Now, you could have came to, you. now, if you're in a desperate situation, I think what you can do is be upfront and say, hey, listen, this is my situation. Right. And allow me the choice to decide whether or not I want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen in this case. In this case, he we now, later. He, he revealed himself before we were able to actually let the ink dry. And thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> I mean, it could have been far worse. Yeah. Right. It was such a learning lesson because, again, me, I do see talent in people that I want to help. So let's talk to those people real quick. Right. Give me two, three, four, five quick tips. How... Do you attract a Sonya and Williams to work with you, develop you? We do way more than websites. We're talking about business development. How, who are you looking for? What's some things young entrepreneurs can do right now to attract somebody like you? Perfect your craft. Mm. Just stay on the same track that you're on. Because here's the thing, right? When you're going, if, when you go to a person who already got it, been there, done that, and you're asking them for help, you can't go and say, uh, can you help me? No. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, why? Why should I help you? Now, you come to them and say, hey, I got X number of dollars. Can you assist me? You're going to get a different response, right? Mm -hmm. But people just don't help people like that, especially in business, because you don't know what they're going through, too. Right. Most people don't know that, you know, let me back up. So there was a a gentleman. Oh, God, I hope I'm saying. There was a gentleman (laughs) that um, came to me in my office one time and. This is a really, it's a a great story, but it was a sad story at the same time. 
right? I was a person that loved to talk to people. My business partner used to say, why do you always talk to stray cats? Well, I got my most inspiration from talking with stray cats. Mm. People that didn't know business, that didn't know what they were doing, that wanted to figure out what they wanted to do with their website, with their business and things like that. That was my claim to fame. Now, when you came to me and you spoke to me, you're sitting in front of, I'm sitting in front of a computer. You're never knowing what's on my computer, Mm. but you're talking and I'm talking back to you. So it just so happens this particular guy, he was, um, he was really passionate about what he was doing. It was so inspirational. By the time he got done, I was done with his website and I gave it to him. Already. I was just, I was doing his website while he was talking talking. to me, right? Because he was so inspirational. Now, backstory to that, before he came to meet me, right? This was some years later, he revealed this to me. Before he came to meet me, he was actually on the way to kill himself. No. Yes. Yes. I was like, I'm sorry, I wasn't ready. What, what? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, that day I was going to kill myself, but you inspired me to keep the business going. Come and see you, keep the business going. Right, because the, cause we, sat there, we, sat, we sat there all day. Now, it took me all day to do it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And he had no idea I was doing it, but I had launched it, right, you know, for him that day, mm. right? He didn't owe me nothing. I wanted to do it because of what he was explaining to me and how the business, he thought that he can help. And it was about um, children, too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could do this. Yeah, right? So I was just so, you know, invested in his story and what he wanted to do. I just sat there and did it. Years later, he revealed to me that he was going to um, kill himself. So man, I was like, OK, so talk about inspiration without uh, and, and being benevolent, without even knowing what his situation was. Not even knowing. You don't you never know what people are going through. Yes. Tip number one, know your craft, be good at it. You'll attract the right person, right? Tip number two, be passionate about it so that when you attract the right person, they're willing to do the work with you. Yeah, I don't want, I sometimes, you know, people, I will end up being more passionate about their project than they are about their own project. Oh, that is such a problem. Yeah. That is such a problem. Yeah. So You you, end up taking it on more than you. Yes, and wanting it for them more than they then want it because they probably go on to something else that inspire them. You can't get, you know, sidetracked with all the shiny things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's going to fail. Pick it back up and keep going. You know how many times I fail? That's what I want to tell And you. I don't even know if it's a failure. It's more of a lesson than a it lesson. was a failure. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. There are no failures. There's simply, you know, lessons that you just got to, you know. Learn from. Do it all over again. Somebody tell you, no, there's, there's another person going to tell you yes. I promise you that. Absolutely. But most people don't believe that. Now, if you're working with a, a square with a round peg, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's just not going to work. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know. It could work, but are you willing to, it, go, it are you could, willing to break but the go, corners off? It's all the way you look at it. It, it could work, go, but go fix the square. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> if all you got is a circle, go fix the square so it could fit. So it'll work. Right? You got to just, it's all in the way you look at things, right? Mm-hmm. And most people get so down when things don't seem to work out, right? And they want to switch from what they were passionate for because their friend now launched something that's working for them. Now you're looking at that, and now we got the age of the internet where people are posing, looking like success. Yes, that's what I you want to talk about. You cannot pose. People are now posing, looking like success, but the only thing you see is what's in that frame. What's outside that frame is something probably devastating. How has social media changed business? To me, it's a gift and a curse. A person can have a cause or a mission and get a lot of signatures and a petition and bring awareness and find a missing child. That's the gift. The curse, boy, people post they most, the best day of their life and people who are not doing so well look at everybody's best day of their life and think that everybody lives like that and they make you more depressed. You know, I am, 
I'm a helper of building the internet, right? Mm -hmm. So I started my business doing that. That's what I still do. Yes. So I can't necessarily down the internet. <laughs> that would be a because be a I'm a part of I, I was a part of that problem, if you will, right? Um, but people, just like they manage their lives, they got to manage their digital lives as well. Mm. And right now, a lot of um, things that I see on the internet, um, a lot of young people are destroying their lives, their adult lives, mm. because your digital credit is always going to be there. And so there is the credit bureaus, and then there is the digital credit bureaus. Right. So right. now when you go get a job or you're going to look at, if you're trying to come and be a partner or whatever the case may be, the first thing I'm about to do is Google you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if your digital credibility is suspect, you're, I'm less likely to deal with you. Business with you, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, and I think, I think now they should incorporate curriculums in, you know, grade school as to how to cope with social media. It needs to be part of the process. It oh, does. it needs to be a part it's of, a just like issue. banking yes. needs to be a part of elementary Education, school. Education, correct. I right? started elementary all the way up because most, when, when, when was the first time you were taught about a bank account? I was... You were out of high school though, right? Out of high school. You were out of high school yeah. and that's the problem. I've learned about a bank account on the street. Mm. I need what? A bank account, what's that? Right? Wow. So you got to think about it. So it we didn't it come it up. It mainstream. It, it, it wasn't mainstream, mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't necessarily talked about. Now, if you had one of those, those you know, Cosby Show families, you might have, you know. Heard about it. Heard about it, right? <laughs> but I think our generation, we really need to talk to our kids at a very young age on how to manage money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What a bank account looks like. You'd be amazed how many um, new entrepreneurs don't understand just some of the basic things about a business. Your mm. bank account, your EIN, your, you know, all yeah, of those little things. Yeah. You have these really, really young people is making all this money, but then this money is, you know, ultimately ruining their lives. And, and it's mismanaged, they're ruining their lives. But then the other part to that too is that they're now depending on these social platforms to carry them through life. It's just not, that is just not, not realistic. realistic. Not realistic. You know, so I think that you gotta have more of a basis as, you know, to your point, than just online social media, mm. right? Mm. Have your own website that when the terms of use change, they're not cutting you off. They're not cutting you off from your base. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, all, I have always preached that, okay, I'm great, I'm good, you got all these followers, but if Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, or whatever, <laughs> shut, down. <laughs> shut down, what do you have? Mm. Do you have a consumer base? Do you have a fan base? Database, email. Do you have a database? Do you have something that you own? Nine times out of ten, the answer is absolutely no. Mm. So, so your, a website, your life is literally in somebody else's Your life platform. is literally in somebody else's platform. Mm. So as a, a new and up-and-coming business owner, get your own website. Start aggregating your own customers, your own consumers, your own fan base, mm. so that you have access to them. One of the most interesting things Apple ever did was launch iTunes, right? Absolutely. For the music industry, then didn't give them access to their consumer base. Wow. It was the smartest thing ever. Yeah, yeah genius. <laughs> if you, you were Apple, if you Apple, right? Correct. But now, now, guess what happened? And I, you know, I saw the explosion in the 90s. You all are gonna end up broke. Cool. With, uh, the, the music artists, because they were not owning their audiences. Correct, correct. Right? So now we have an opportunity right now to be conscious about 
owning our own fan base, mm. owning our own audiences. Man, have your own website. Mm. You know, I wouldn't. I mean, if you don't got to do it yourself, I get it, right? You know, if you're in a place where you could pay somebody to do it who knows how to do it, do it. correct? <laughs> Not your cousin, Not just anybody. Yeah. You know, and then for those who walk into a place that says, "Well, you know, I would do this, but I ain't got time." Mm-hmm. Don't come to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. They don't want to definitely see your ticket. On they that. don't definitely want to see because you're gonna be a difficult client. They're just not gonna listen. Right? So, b- b- before we wrap up, let me ask you this. I know. Off camera, we talk about it a lot. I want to know if you talk about it on camera, whether it's personal or just in general. You're a big advocate of therapy. I am too. Oh, absolutely. I had to see a therapist to make sure I was thinking properly, to make sure it came at a point where I felt like I was going to slap about three people. So I said, let me figure out why I'm letting all that build up. And it felt good just to get it off my chest as a business owner. And these were three of my business partners in three different situations. And when you get to that point, you got to see what's going on with you. Why are you such a big advocate? of therapy, especially with entrepreneurs? I guess I think mine did stem from having, um, <laughs> mine's a little different, and but probably the same a little bit. I couldn't one. figure out how to get over a million dollars. And I thought it was me. How to make more than? How to, how to yes, get over a million dollars a year. I, I didn't know how to do it. Mm. You know, I didn't have no education. I didn't go to school and I didn't have a group of people around me to tell me, you know, this is how you need to do it or or to how you grow your money. I didn't have that group of people around me. And I literally couldn't figure out how to make more than a million dollars. You felt like you flatlined? I was flatlined. So a therapist helped you- A million dollars isn't a lot of money, you know, in the grand scheme of things when you got bills. Right, right. (laughs) Right? So you felt like you flatlined, you felt like therapy would get you over the hump as opposed to getting- No, I felt like there was something wrong with me. Hmm. I felt like I wanted to know if it was me or if it wasn't me. Gotcha. You know how sometimes they say you gotta sometimes look in the mirror? Mm-hmm. I needed to look in the mirror to see if it was me causing the issues mm-hmm. that prevented me from going to what most people identify as the next level. Mm-hmm. The ne- you know what I mean? That next level is, you know how people talk about the next level but never can actually articulate it? Correct, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I needed to understand you know, how to get to whatever that next level is. I know for me, it was how do I get to whether it's that $2 million mark, that $5 million mark, or whatever the case may be. And um, therapy assisted with that. It did help. Oh, absolutely. What'd you find out? I found out that I was um, hard-headed and I wasn't listening. Mm. Mm. You know, and you sometimes want to see what you want to see. And ultimately what ends up happening is that you have people around you that you give potential to mm. listen to what I'm saying most people give potential to people that don't have any potential mm. so you invest all this but you know well they got potential no they don't they don't even have potential they don't, they don't got no potential <laughs> you hope they got potential but right. hope is a very powerful thing mm-hmm. right yeah. so now you're hoping and wishing that they do what you want them to do right mm. and so in my line of work every time I had told someone to do something they would never do it mm. and I wasn't convinced Otherwise, like I didn't know they wasn't doing it. Mm. Now, then you find yourself doing it yourself, but then they're still around. Mm. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Like these people are not helping you grow your business. I was like, what you mean? Yes, they are. They're there every day. Don't mean mean you grow your business. Oh, my God. So he had to give me a whole exercise, right, to prove to me. I had to have my own evidence to believe what was happening to me. Got you. Because seeing other people, you know, not making a failure, seeing, seeing your mistakes is really circumstantial evidence. You can't really, you know, circumstantial evidence is just that. You can't dispute it. You can, it's you know, hard to dispute. No, it's, it's, no, it's circumstantial evidence is something, 
is, is not evidence that you can rely on. It's oh, I understand. Circumstantial. I'm sorry. Right? I'm sorry. So now you ha- I had to have real evidence that to say that, is it me not listening? Mm. Like, is it me? Are these people actually not doing what I'm asking them to do to actually help me grow this company? Makes sense. I wouldn't believe that that's what was happening. Makes sense. And so he put me through this whole exercise. And <laughs> it, it, it really revealed all these things to me. And I'll tell you what the exercise was. He was like, OK, it was so interesting. He said, OK, I'll tell you what. Ask whoever it was. Right. Ask them to do something. He said, pick a number in your head. He said, okay, I picked the number. He said, I don't care what number it is, just pick a number in your head, okay? Now, go ask that person to do what you need them to do. Ask them the exact same way every single time. Okay. Okay. It seemed childish, right? Yeah, because I don't know what the number had to do with it yet. Am I supposed to? Uh, uh, Yeah. He said, so ask them, and once you get to that number, do something. I was like, okay. Okay, and I remember, oh my God, I remember getting to the, I remember getting to the seventh time. Now you got to ask them the exact same way. Now you're taking note, mm. right? I asked them the exact same thing. Can you do X, Y, Z? It got to number eight. Got to number eight. They didn't do it. And do you know I started sweating? Really? I started sweating. My number was 11. To put things in context, right? So my number was 11. It got to number nine. And I remember feeling like, oh, my God, here's a bed of nails. Here's some fire. And it was just closing in. Really? And I remember getting to nine and feeling like, okay, I got these nails over here. I got this fire over here because something's going to touch me and I'm going to have to do something. He's proven to you that these people around you. Is not doing anything. Got you. Right. So I remember got the 10 and I can feel like which way you going to go, Sonia, which way you going to go. You got these bed of nails. Like I'm battling with myself in my head at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. Which way you going to go? You got to do something. A bed of nails, fire, bed of nails. Which way you going to go? Which mm-hmm. way you going to go? Well, hell, neither one of them is good. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Neither one of them was good to me. And I remember getting to 10 and it was like, whoo, it's hot in here. Right. Wow. Like I'm feeling I'm feeling the heat and I'm feeling that that sharp tip for the nails getting closer to me. And I remember asking this person to do it one more time for the 11th time, which was my number. And then what happened? I shifted right, went through the fire. There was ultimately fear. Right. Mm. You're fired. I'm done. This is done. Next day was a bright sunny day. You felt better. No, life changed. Life changed, and um, I made more money. <laughs> As a result of having to deal with that breakthrough. So you were afraid to let people go. I was afraid to let, let people, people go, go. and gotcha. for me, the fire represented fear. Mm. And sometimes you got to walk through that. Mm. And so I had to literally walk through what I thought was something that was going to burn me if I did. Mm. Do you understand what I'm That's saying? Deep. Yeah, absolutely. So, I get it. You know, I'm, I think you know, every I'm burning. needs to hear that. Right. I think that you're walking through what you think is going to burn you, but ultimately it's not. You're going to come out and you're going to be okay. Mm. But you ultimately you have to make a decision. And ultimately you got to let people go that you ordinarily thought you're going to be able to go with to the top. To the top. I tell people that all the time and I'm so glad it was stamped by you. You know, that's a good one. I mean, you got to you got to let them go or everybody you start with, you're not going to finish with everybody you start with. You're not going to finish with. And that was the hardest lesson for me to learn because I thought we would grow old as partners together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't going to happen. Last question. You find that being a young lady in business and dating and balancing the two is tough. Oh, did you know that I started a dating website? That's how I really kind (laughs) of 
got my first thing going? No. Oh my God, is that's a whole tough? other story. Is that why you started? Huh? Is it uh, tough? Is it, you started because it's tough? So, I mean, you asked a load of questions. Which one you want? Is it is it is it being a female and running business a business or and, and and managing a relationship? Oh God, it's you know. <laughs> is that tough? I, I, absolutely, it's tough. I mean, unfortunately, I, there is no secret to it. I haven't been successful at it mm. at all. Is it because um, of the insecurity of a man? Well, I, I hear that a lot from my female friends. Insecure. I remember I was gonna. <laughs> I remember being so excited about this date. This dude drove up to my house and he drove off. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's insecure. And I was like, "Yo, what? What's up?" He said, "What you need with me? Insecure. You got everything. Insecure." But I don't know if that's what that is, that's though. Is it? Yes, you, you, Do you really think that's an insecurity? Yes, because I'll pull up to your house and see what you got and be like, well, shoot, let's build something together. I know, but we're romantically, romantically you know, involved. We're talking about somebody that... No, I'm saying if I was him. If I was him, I would uh, pull up to your house, see it, and I wouldn't turn around. I would be like... So I'm choosing wrong. No. What he? No, that's an insecure dude. A dude who pulls up to your house and sees how you're living and says, what you need me for? And that's a person who felt like he was going to enter your life and... and, and be the sole provider and give you something you never had. No, we could take what you got, what I got. Even if I got less, we still can build something. Yeah, together. you know that's like that's like trying to find a you know a diamond in a haystack. You know those men are very few and far between. That's right? what I'm asking. Is it and, tough? Oh, it's really tough. Hell, it still haven't happened. Hey. <laughs> Well, we're going to get back on your date website one day and figure out how to do it. Right. I was just like, oh, my God. Well, so, listen. I don't know. But, again, I don't know if men are. I mean, it's hard for me to identify all these men that I meet. Uh, a lot of men are weak. I'm telling you. A lot of men are weak. Okay, and a lot I of men agree feel like that. if they can't be above you from a social economic status, then they don't have much more to offer. That's why he turned around. Because what else can he offer if he can't pull you up? Well, to him, it was a whole lot he could offer, but he didn't give himself a chance because he was insecure about your finances. But it was never, right, but it, the whole thing was never about money, though, for me. For it's, you, but for him it was. But I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Hey, men, if you're out there and you feel like money is the only thing that a woman wants, I think you need to rethink your choices. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that. I think that's it because not all, I, I think not I all men are necessarily insecure, but I do, I do think the weakness comes from, you know, the fact that they can't break through that part, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's not for that. If you're going to approach a woman who already got her ish together, you know, you got to be mentally prepared. Absolutely. Because we're the kindest, most sweetest people ever. Bring more to the table than finances and you'll right. find out what kind of man you really are. Uh, oh, yeah, you're going to definitely man up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Sonia <laughs> and Williams is in the building, man. I appreciate you so Absolutely. much. Listen, it's a great day to change lives. We talk about everything from business to personal to therapy, and that's what this show is all about. Let's turn your tribulations into celebrations. And this episode, of course, was sponsored by Monetize Your Message. Remember, your story belongs to you, but your message belongs to the world. 